welcome to Carmel Presbyterian Church's podcast channel. Open up a Bible or just listen in. We hope this week's message is a blessing to you. Your faces, I'll introduce uh, Reverend uh, Dr. Ayman Ibrahim in a minute. Worshiping with us or your hundredth time, would you please bow your heads and join me as we come to the Lord. Father, whether it concerns nations or individuals, well, we know nothing escapes your notice. You have a heart for all the world, not just our little corner of it. And so we pray for your world. May your truth and justice and righteousness and compassion rule where there is chaos. We think of places convulsed with conflict like Ukraine, Afghanistan, Yemen, Nigeria, and Syria. We pray that you would bring a just and lasting peace. But we pray for those who serve across uh, different nations and cross-cultural missions as missionaries. We pray especially for our two partners serving both inside Ukraine and in the border nations. Would you keep them safe? Would you keep them faithful to your truth and your ways, enable them to effectively share the good news of your son Jesus as they tend to people's physical, emotional, and spiritual needs. We pray especially for Christian leaders serving amidst so much turmoil around the world. Would you give them your peace that surpasses all understanding that they might minister faithfully? Lord, we pray for our nation amidst a a partisanship of division as is normal for us in these days, so we pray for unity. We pray, Lord, you'd help our nation to find you again. And we also find our first citizenship resides in you, Lord. You brought us into this world, and one day you will return to reign over a new heaven and new earth. And so, Lord, until that day when you will judge every human being, will you fill us overflowing with your Spirit? that we might be your hands and feet in Carmel and the Monterey Peninsula, that we might reach those near and those far, the good news of Jesus Christ. We pray that your healing hand would be on those who are sick or injured, for those recovering from surgery or about to go into surgery. Lord, for those with physical ailments, for those with mental afflictions, we pray for your healing and peace, for pain to be removed, for minds to be calmed for the addicted to be restored, for the depressed to find hope, for the healing of emotions and for the healing of broken bones, Lord. And we think of, Lord, those who we know by name right now, we lift them up to you and ask for your healing touch. And so, Lord, in this season of Lent, would you remind us, Lord, in the darkness of this world, your light shines brightly. Would you shine it in us first, and then we just shine it through us to a world in need. Lord, we worship you. We love you. As we come to your word, help us to be attentive and to listen, and then not only to listen, but then to obey. Oh, Lord, help us to do that with joy and commitment because of your son, Jesus, in whose name we pray. Amen. Uh, if you are able, would you please stand for the reading of God's word? Good morning. Today's reading is from Acts chapter 1. In the first book, O Theophilus, I have dealt with all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day when he was taken up 
after he had given commands through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. He presented himself alive to them after his suffering by many proofs, appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. And while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you heard from me, for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, it is not for you to know times or seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. This is the word of the Lord. Please be seated. My friends, Ayman and Emily Ibrahim, uh, we met back in Pasadena, California, when I was working on my doctorate at Fuller. He was working on his PhD. Emily became a babysitter for us and then became one of our uh, children's directors at our church as well. Uh, I'm in guests uh, preached uh, on more than one occasion. It was a, a favorite of ours back in my church there. Um, they both serve as professors at Southern Seminary in Louisville, Kentucky. Uh, they spent some time in Israel and they, Iman travels around the world speaking. He's a prolific writer and conference speaker um, and dear friend and uh, Emily's finishing her PhD while Iman is on sabbatical, so he's kind of traveling around the area and laying down his head where the Lord opens an opportunity and blesses a church as he travels. Um, and it's a blessing to know them both. Uh, Emily's actually working on her PhD, focusing on uh, second language students who have Down syndrome, so really unique piece of uh, scholarship she's working on, and Iman's working on his, probably his 10th or 12th book right now to be released coming up. He can share more about that. We hope you'll come back tonight as well, but uh, most importantly, they love Jesus, and they want people to come to know Jesus as Lord and Savior. Would you give a warm Karma Press welcome to Dr. Iman Ibrahim? Happy Sunday, everyone. It's wonderful to be with you. Uh, been enjoying conversations and lots of new friends and I'm really grateful for this church. I'm grateful for Pastor Timmy who invited me. I've known him for like 10 years now almost and a man of God, very good encourager if you didn't know that. Like, like a container of encouragement, you know. It's just amazing and like, I was in Israel and just working on a second PhD, and like, sometimes it's very difficult. So I call him from Israel. Why? I need encouragement. Speak to me. You know, so thank you so much, Pastor, for inviting me. And it's a wonderful opportunity to be with you all. Or as my wife says, y'all. I don't know what is y'all. But that's what she says, you know. And... Um, I was born in Egypt, so I used to live in a pyramid. No, no. I was born in Egypt, and it wasn't easy for me to worship Jesus as you all do. 
And the last words of Jesus that we read this morning, before he went, he ascended to heaven, he told the disciples, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes. But this power is not for you to be happy. Is not for you to rejoice all the time. Yes, yes, yes. Sure, sure. But this power is for you, for you to be a witness. To be a witness with the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ everywhere. So you begin with where you live, Jerusalem. And then you move a little bit. Don't stop. Go, go, go. Judea. And, and then uh, Samaria, those who don't like you. Go, go, go. And then, if you have time, to the end of the earth. I did not have this freedom growing up. By God's grace, you have freedom. Even if you don't have freedom, the disciples did not have that freedom. They were called by Jesus Christ, listen, you will receive the Holy Spirit and be my witnesses. Tell people out there, when you go at, anywhere in, at Carmel, tell people that Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior for real. For real. Be a witness. The most important words of anyone are the last words before departing from the earth. Jesus had said lots of things. All of them, all of these words are awesome and wonderful and important. The last words are very, very, very important. You will receive the Holy Spirit to be my witnesses. Some of you are Christians. I hope all of you. But it but how did you become Christian? I was born in a Christian family, but that doesn't mean I was actually a follower of Jesus. No. When I was nine years and a half, I remember it as if it was yesterday. Nine years and a half. A neighbor took me. Hey, you young boy. What you're doing here? Oh, I'm playing soccer. <laughs> What's cool? Okay, you know, I have something really cool for you to do. What? 
come with me to church. And she took me and we went to church and I met the Lord Jesus and my life never became the same. What happened here? A witness. God can save the world by his power. But he didn't choose this way. The way God chose was that you, me, become witnesses. I tell people, hey, come. Jesus told me everything. Who said that? The Samaritan woman. God can save nations by his power, but he chose to do it differently. How? Disciples, listen to these words carefully. You will receive power from the Holy Spirit to be my witnesses, to go to this neighborhood and tell people, Jesus reconciles us with the Father. We are his witnesses. What is the first point? I have three quick points to share with you this morning. What is the first? You will receive power from the Holy Spirit. Many of us become Christians, but they don't know the Holy Spirit. Actually, in the book of Acts, we see people who become Christians and they don't know anything about the Holy Spirit. And some of us actually are very afraid of the Holy Spirit. How? Why? Well, I'm not sure about you, but I saw crazy people doing stuff about, and oh, that's the Holy Spirit. I don't want that. But Jesus told the disciples in the book of John, the Holy Spirit is your friend. You know, when we speak at church after the service, the love of God, the grace of Jesus, and the companionship, the friendship of the Holy Spirit is with you. So I can, and I have my seat at home, like my chair, I call it my throne. I'm not sure about you, but I have one. And it's the corner. I wake up, I get some coffee and sit on that throne. And this is a place for me to speak with God. And this place, I call it the throne. Why? I can have an encounter with God, the Holy Spirit, at this point, at this chair. Don't be concerned or afraid. The Holy Spirit is a friend. That's how Jesus told the, the disciples. Jesus told the disciples, I was among you as your master, as a friend. Don't be concerned. I will not leave you alone. What will you do, Lord? Don't leave us. It's better for you if I depart. Why? Because the Holy Spirit would come. Would come. I was only with 12. 
But the Holy Spirit will be with every believer everywhere in the world. And every believer is going to be a witness. Because I want the world to come to Christ. The Holy Spirit of God. When you read the Bible, you find that the Holy Spirit has names. So we know of the, the, Holy, the, the, the Spirit of power. I need power. Where to go? Holy Spirit of God, give me power. It's the Spirit of love. It's the Spirit of hope. It's the spirit of holiness. I need holiness. I'm kind of doing stuff that I really shouldn't do. He's the Holy Spirit. The spirit of holiness. He can equip you with holiness. That's the Holy Spirit. And this Holy Spirit is given to us as believers in Christ. Before Jesus went to heaven, he said to the disciples, don't depart from here. There is a very important event when the Holy Spirit will come upon you. Do we need to ask the Holy Spirit to come again? No, because the Holy Spirit came. What we do need to do is to be filled with the Holy Spirit. That's what we read in the book of Acts. What does this mean? The Holy Spirit of God, fill me. What does this mean? I will tell you. What does it mean to be filled with the Spirit? Oh, yeah. Uh, to take more of the Spirit. No. To be filled with the Spirit means that the Holy Spirit takes more of you. What does this mean? The Holy Spirit of God, help me, take more of me, have control on the area of finances in my life, have control on the area of holiness in my life, have control in the area of my job. I want to be fully devoted to you. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes. I'm not sure about you, but probably if you're like me, we rarely ask God's power through the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts. By this I mean to take more control of us. If I think about my life, well, you know what? I am really devoted to Christ, but not that much in this area or in that area. Jesus told the disciples, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes. And this morning, I am with you asking Jesus, Jesus, help us be filled with the Holy Spirit. When you read the book of Acts, you find that Paul and Peter repeatedly, like all the time, like when we sing, when we preach the gospel at the beach here, God, fill me with your words, with the Holy Spirit. So when I speak, 
It's not my power is revealed. It's his. So number one, you will receive power. If you are struggling with sin, if you are struggling with less boldness in proclaiming Christ, if you are struggling, you need the spirit of power, the spirit of God. And when we ask God to empower us through the Holy Spirit, he listens. Sometimes, I'm not sure about you, but in Egypt, growing up, I used to call to pray after I became a Christian. I used to pray, God, make me unusual believer. Uh, unusual, I'm like, so what is unusual? So how is this different from the usual believer? The usual believer is all what we need. The one who moves from a place to place with the power of God in me. I was here two days ago and we went to the mall and my wife and I were sitting next to this fireplace. It was really cool, guys, because it was chilly. And you know, and there were three ladies who came next to us and sat. And then my wife and I began to, I, yeah, you know, these ladies, it seems like it's a grandmother and like it's a mother and two daughters. I don't know. And then a minute later, we began talking with them. People will devour the hope that is in you. They will eat it. They need it. They want to hear. And when we pray for the power of the Holy Spirit to be emerging from us, God will use it. Will use us in Carmel and to the end of the earth. Don't Hold the sweet things that God is doing in you. Tell about them. Ladies, tell people that Jesus changes lives. So number one, you will receive power from the Spirit. Ask for this power. And know that the Holy Spirit is here on earth is with us exactly like Jesus was with the disciples. Now, two, this power is not for us to be cool and satisfied. No. Two, the power is for witnessing. I want to be a witness for the marvelous things that Jesus do. When we read Acts 1, 8, this was immediately before Jesus ascended. So Jesus told them, I want you to be my witnesses. They didn't move. Jesus told them, I want you to be my witnesses. Sure. 
And for eight years, they stayed where they are. They stayed where they were. Eight years until Acts 8.1. Can you imagine? He told them, I want you to be my witnesses. Sure. Staying where they are. Witnesses. Okay. Acts 8.1. What happened? A persecution occurred. They were began, they began to be persecuted. And at that moment, they scattered and proclaimed the gospel. <gasps> Do I need to wait to be persecuted to be a witness? No. But that's what happened with them. Brother, two days ago I went on a hike here and I was like, it's really wonderful. You meet people all the time and all are relaxed, having a good time. Sometimes you will just stop and talk with people. Don't forget to tell them, you know what? How can I pray for you? Jesus changed my life. How can I help? How can I talk with you? Have you met the real Jesus Christ? You will be my witnesses. I don't want to wait eight years. I need to be a witness. I want to be a witness. I remember Paul, you know, Apostle Paul. He didn't have cool, easy life. I don't think it was cool and easy. Like, he proclaims the gospel. They hit him. He proclaims the gospel. They stone him. He proclaims the gospel. The ship get broken. But he keeps doing it. If I were in his shoes, <laughs> I tried. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Guys, when I was 18, the Holy Spirit of God captivated my heart. I couldn't stop talking about Jesus. I see here young people and older people, all of us need to be witnesses. So when Paul was persecuted, this did not make him stop. I think of him being persecuted and imprisoned. So he's, he's proclaiming the gospel, he's being, being a witness. And then, come here guys. And they put him in chains. And he said in the prison, I served you all my life and this is what I end up to. He didn't do that. When he wrote to the Ephesians in the book of Ephesus, he told them, saints, Christians, I am an ambassador of Jesus Christ in chains. 
He loved the chains because these chains were for the glory of Jesus. I don't think we will be in chains here, but there are some believers elsewhere are in chains, but they continue serving Jesus. What do we have to do now? Be my witnesses, his witnesses. You would be surprised at how many people around you in your inner circles in need for one word, one word about Christ. One word. One. You will be his witnesses. If you write a note to someone who is in trouble and you end this note, I know Jesus Christ can move mountains. You're his witness. That's what we should be. Witnesses. When I used to pray to be an unusual believer, I thought this is a cool thing. But what about the usual believer? The usual believer is the one like Paul, like you, like me. I live, I work, I have to work, I have to get money, I have to feed my family. Normal! But there is a treasure in me. What is this treasure? The Holy Spirit. What is the goal? Be witness for Christ. What is the barrier? To our witness the world what is the world when Jesus spoke with the disciples he told them the world will hate you because you are my disciples world he's not talking about people about humans he's talking about the system of the world cosmos in Greek He's talking about the system of the world that suffocates our witnessing. Don't be too religious. Don't talk about Christ. Uh, just don't be radical. Paul was going east and west, north and south, telling people, be reconciled with God. And the only way for reconciliation is Jesus Christ. And God was doing miracles as he goes. Have you ever tried to be a real witness for the Lord? You will be surprised how it works. It's so cool. Because I don't do it. I have no power. Brother, sister, there is nothing in me that can change people, but the Holy Spirit can. I love stories. I will tell you a story. <laughs> so, 
as a disciple of Jesus Christ, I was taking students, some of my students, to a country in North Africa. It's completely Muslim country, okay? So like, don't talk about Christ. Sure, but we are ambassadors. So I'm walking in this little village and then I saw a local person, local, and I had two of my students with me and the rest were spreading the gospel everywhere. In North Africa! Where Jesus was not proclaimed. Okay, what happened? So I'm seeing this new guy, local. Hey, hi. And I know some of, I know the language. So I told him, hello. He said, hello. And then he, oh, my wife is laughing at me. Okay, <laughs> easy. Okay, normal. Very normal in my family. <laughs> Actually, I love her laughter. Okay. It, it, it encourages me, you know. So, although she heard this story for like 1,700 million times. <laughs> so, I am now talking with this man and he said, Hey, you're visitors in my uh, little village. I will take you on a tour. I said, Sure. We're walking around, and then you never waste a time to begin a conversation about Christ. How to begin it? I don't know. But he gives you insights. So I began talking, oh, so you were born here. Oh, yeah. He said, I am born here. I said, when did you become Muslim? That's what I asked. I know the answer. He was born Muslim. He said, oh, I was born. I said, oh, I was born in a Christian family, but at some point I began to follow Christ. Jesus revealed himself in my life and I heard about the gospel. He said, huh, tell me more. Tell me more. What did I do? Nothing. And then I said, okay, here is what I knew about Jesus. I began telling him about Jesus. And he said, tell me more. I tell more. And then he said, it's very interesting that I am hearing you telling me these things. I said, why? He said, because two weeks ago, I was asleep and I saw a dream. And I was entering a mosque, house of prayer for Muslims. I was entering this house of prayer and it was dark. It was void. I ran. I don't want to be Muslim anymore. Can you tell me more about Jesus? I said, sure. <laughs> what did I do? 
Nothing. I was just available for the Holy Spirit to proclaim the gospel of Christ. And the Holy Spirit was at work before I even arrived. After we talked, the man said, can I pray to Jesus now? I said, sure. So he prayed. And then I told him, by the way, we end the prayers by saying, amen. He said, amen. (laughs) What is that? The Holy Spirit is at work. I can tell you 10 stories of that sort. But listen, God does not save by a dream. God guides people through this dream. And God wants a messenger, a witness. That's where we came. Are you following me here? Number one, you will receive power from the Holy Spirit. Number two, this power is for you to be a witness. I can't tell you how much I am eager by, the, by God's grace to see many of you spread the gospel of Jesus Christ here at Carmel. Don't think love yourself. We're not talking about our power. We're talking about the Holy Spirit's power. Can he use me? Yes! But I am not really sure what to say. Learn and believe that he can use you. You remember the Samaritan woman in Acts 4? She didn't know how to present the gospel from first to end. What she did was, hey, you know what? Come, come. I saw Jesus. This person told me everything I have done in my life. Jesus can do this. You don't need a doctorate to be a witness. Jesus changed life. He changed mine. Jesus can do miracles in your life. He does all the time. Last point. The Holy Spirit wants the world to to Christ. You will receive power from the Spirit. Two, this power is for witnessing. Three, the Holy Spirit wants the world to Christ. Many times we are consumed with our own life. So I live in Kentucky. Louisville, Kentucky. So for me, the world is Louisville. (laughs) What's that? (laughs) It's the world. God is at work all over the world. You would be surprised. At how much God is at work. I love stories. I will tell you a story. Sorry. 
So in my church back home in Egypt, we didn't have the ability to evangelize outside the church. You have it here. So what did we do? <clears throat> we have some doctors, so we go with some medicine <laughs> and do as if we are a moving hospital <laughs> to speak with people. You know, we want to proclaim the gospel. So we go to this village and have the medical equipments to help people, okay? Everyone is sick, so they come. And after we treat them and give them medicine, by the way, Jesus loves you and Jesus has a plan and Jesus, how can we pray for you? We just, this is the only way. So we go in this moving hospital and then tons of local people come. By local, I mean majority are not Christians. And then we have the medicine and we have the medical equipments and we stand. The first one comes. Hey, what do you need? I don't really have any sickness. Do you have a Bible for me? give Bible. They move. Next one. Hi. How can we help you today? I'm actually not sick. Okay. Do you have a Bible for me? Can you tell me more about Jesus? All these are not Christians. Can you sense the hunger, the thirst in the world around us? You see tons of people here who have accomplished many things in life and now they are retiring. What can feed their hearts but a relationship with the Most High, with Abba Father? I can call him Baba, Abba, Daddy. The Holy Spirit wants the world to come to Christ, but the Holy Spirit would not change the world without us. That's a decision from the divine room. What is the fastest growing church in the world? China. Second fastest growing church in the world, Iran. What is happening here? I thought these two countries are dead. Yes, but the Holy Spirit works through ambassadors of Christ, through witnesses. Get this. I saw a video recently from a church in China. Communists to China and all are persecuted. But then they had this big box full of Bibles. The believers, the Chinese believers ran, opened the box and began snatching the Bible. They are eager for the word of God. And here we have NIV. 
KJV NRSWX910 Awesome. Thank you, God, for America. I love America. But we want to be witnesses here. So China is growing. Many people are growing and following Christ. Iran, okay, Afghanistan fell a few months ago. You know that, okay? You follow the news. Who are the major witnesses of the gospel in Afghanistan? Iranian believers, because Iran and Afghanistan are adjacent. They have border. What is happening? The Lord is working in the world. And what about you who live here at Carmel? You are his witness. Trust me. I don't know how to talk. It's okay. We know we don't know either. But we can't say that Jesus saves, that Jesus, Jesus changes lives. And I can learn, I can read, I can be equipped. But there is no other way. The world needs Christ. And the Holy Spirit wants the world to come to Christ. Don't let the world around you suffocate your witness. Don't be consumed with ideas. I'm not good enough. I'm shy. Remember the disciples? They were scared and hiding after Jesus was crucified. And after this, the Holy Spirit filled them and they became witnesses. I pray to Jesus Christ that in this congregation many, many would become real ambassadors for Jesus Christ. Not only at Carmel, but beyond. Every time you move, expect that there could be an opportunity that you would tell someone, I don't have gold, I don't have silver, but I have one thing. Jesus Christ can heal you. Jesus Christ can save you. There is no other way to reconciliation with God but Jesus Christ. One, you will receive power from the Holy Spirit. Two, this power is for witnessing. And three, the Holy Spirit of God wants the world to Christ. And God, help me be a true witness for the glory of Jesus. Let's pray. Today, Lord, I submit myself to you. I ask you to fill my heart with the Spirit. And I ask you to give me boldness, to give to give each one of us the joy of proclaiming the uniqueness of Jesus to everyone around us. Make us ambassadors who are not held back 
but proclaiming the gospel to all those around us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening. For more information about Carmel Presbyterian Church, visit our website at www.carmelpres.org or any of our social media pages. Have a blessed rest of your week.